You are listening to audio from the Rail City campus of CA Church. We are a church fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. We're in a series on prayer. And uh, throughout this month and over the next five weeks, uh, we are going to be digging into this topic of prayer. And uh, even in team huddle, uh, Pastor Jorley was talking to our team about praying. And she was just acknowledging the challenge that it is for us to pray at times. Uh, you know, some, for some Christians, maybe this comes also naturally. But I think for many of us, if we're honest, our prayer life at times is not what we hope it would be. Uh, prayer maybe feels challenging, or maybe for some of you, if you're really honest, boring. Uh, prayer maybe feels like I'm talking to the walls and the ceiling. And yet prayer is a powerful thing. It's a tool that God has given us, an open line of conversation between him, between us and the living God. So, so incredible. And so we as a church, even though we recognize prayer is hard and challenging and our prayer lives are not where we want it to be, we want to lean into this area of prayer for a number of weeks here and, and just equip you and train you and really give you some practical, uh, practical things to help, I guess, enliven your prayer life. Um, one of our goals in this series is not just to teach you about prayer, like we walk away in five weeks like, wow, I've really learned a lot about prayer, but that we would actually pray. And so there's a couple things, actually. We've created a prayer guide, uh, and uh, there's a digital prayer guide you can find on our website, you can find it on social media, uh, but it's just a prayer guide for, the, for these next number of weeks to help you as you grow in this area of prayer, and I, I encourage you to, to download that. If you're a physical copy kind of person, you know, uh, per, perhaps we actually have some at our connections, and so you can grab a physical copy uh, and just give a small donation to, to cover the cost. Uh, we'd so, so appreciate that, and uh, yeah, you can grab one at Connections here. And so last week, Pastor Sam talked about, he talked about hearing from God, talked about hearing from God. Uh, and, uh, and this week, I want to talk about what it means to find God in the ordinary, God in the ordinary, the ordinary everyday life that all of us live, waking and eating and working and cooking and taking care of kids and sleeping, God in our everyday life. How do we connect with him? How do we seek him? How do we find him in our everyday life? Events like crossing the border. <laughs> now, some of you are like, what are you talking about? I have this really funny story uh, from a number of years ago. I believe it was actually six years ago. I posted this on Facebook. Uh, some of you might have saw that. Yes, I'm still on Facebook. Uh, and, uh, but um, a few years ago, uh, I was driving down to Seattle with Dave Johnson. And many of you know Dave. And while approaching the border, I asked Dave, do you ever get nervous when crossing the border? I get nervous when crossing the border. I've done nothing wrong. I'm not smuggling. I'm not trying to sneak in. Nothing. It's just, but I get nervous. My hands get sweaty, you know? So I asked Dave in this moment of vulnerability, Dave, do you ever get nervous when crossing the border? He responded, and I quote, no, not really. I usually just speak to them like there's someone who goes to our church. I thought this was a really weird thing to say, right? We approach the border. We start talking to the guard. And he says, how do you guys know each other? Oh, we work together at Coquitlam Alliance Church. And uh, he says, which campus? We're like, <laughs> says Port or Mariner? Okay, this is back in the day. Confused, I'm like, 
how do you know the name of our church campuses? He said, he said, because I go to your church. <laughs> and then he says, get preached last week, Cam. <laughs> so funny. Dave and I laughed so hard. We just could not believe it. He let us go through. We were laughing for 20 minutes after the fact. And just marveling at God's sense of humor, right? Dave says, oh, I usually just talk to him like someone who goes to our church. And lo and behold, the one border guard (laughs) at the Peace Arch Crossing happens to go to our church. Just a wild, wild uh, scenario. And, uh, you know, here's the question I'm asking today. What if God actually wants to reveal himself in the ordinary things of our life? Like crossing the border. (laughs) What if he wants to talk to us in the day-to-day stuff? What if every day and every moment was an opportunity to connect with God? To connect with God. King David, uh, he seemed to have this mindset as he was writing uh, the Psalms. And Psalms are, are songs, but in many ways, they're also they're, they're songs in, that are declaring prayers, prayers to God. And in Psalm 139, uh, he writes these words. He says, O Lord, you've examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge, it's too wonderful for me. Too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. I was kind of like, yeah, obviously, right? But it's like, it's heaven. But then he says, but if you go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the dark to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even the darkness cannot hide me from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate and inner parts of my body. You knit me together when, you were in my, when I was in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life has been recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, you're still with me. Oh, God. And this is where he kind of transitions, all right? He's having a bad morning. If only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. (laughs) They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh, Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred. For your enemies are my enemies. And then he gets contemplative again. Search me, O oh God, <laughs> and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. 
and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Do you notice how aware David is that God is all around him, that God is with him, that God is constantly aware of David's whereabouts and his movements, his moments. Every single one of them, he says, even the moments pre-earth side, okay, when he was in his mother's womb, says, God, you, you knew those moments. You saw me. Says, God, if I, even in my, my greatest moments, you're with me. In my lowest moments, you're with me. Even if I want to hide from you, God, you are with me. You're with me in every single moment of every single day. You see it all. He's just so aware. David believes that God is with him always. He's aware he's made by God, that God was involved in the creation of him. And he believes he's wonderfully made. How many of you guys looked in the mirror this morning? You looked in the mirror, you were like, wow, God. <laughs> You've done a wonderful job. <laughs> I am wonderfully made. <laughs> you know? But David, <laughs> apparently he was quite, you know, good looking, right? But, you know, David, he's looking in the mirror. God, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You've done a great job, right? Like, he's, but he's so aware of God's presence in his life. And then that weird moment when he starts like kind of like lashing out a little bit, right? <laughs> but even in that, in his emotions, even in his negative ones, he invites God through this song and through this prayer into his hatred and his anger. You know, he's just talking about crushing his enemies and if it's okay to hate them. And David is just being honest with God. And then concluding this, he invites God not just to be involved in his everyday life, but to actually look in his inner being. He invites God to search him and examine him and know him and to reveal what's truly going on in him, to show if there's any offensive or grievous way within him. See, David has this holistic picture of a God who is not far away who is in some distant place, but a God who is close, a God who is with him, a God who is involved in his day-to-day, nine-to-five weekends, and everywhere in between, a God who can handle his emotions, a God who knew him before he was born. He has this big picture of a God who is involved in his everyday life in the ordinary. And I wonder if we hear this vision that David has for his life, whether we consider whether this is our vision, for life, whether we actually have the same level of awareness that God is with us. And if we did, how would it change the way that we pray? How would it change the way that we live? But I think if we're honest, many of us live lives quite the opposite of this. We live as if God is far away and uninvolved in our day-to-day lives. We naturalize our lives and we, we sanitize it from God's presence and involvement. We even naturalize things like the process of a child coming into the world and we miss the divine at work. We, we take out our negative, we have negative emotions, all of us do, even at church, okay? And yet rather than bringing those before God, we go to the internet and spill over onto X or TikTok or wherever you find yourself online. We seldom invite God to examine us and search us, if we're honest. 
At times, maybe there's whole days that go by that we didn't invite him into that day, into our inner lives. But what would I say, what would you say if I said that God is always with you? He actually wants to hear from you. He wants to speak to you every day in small ways and big ways. Would you believe me? Would you believe that he could and he can? Scripturally, we know this to be true. Jesus promised that David's reality is our reality, that God is always with us. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus says this, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is a part of the great commission where Jesus is about to ascend back to the Father and he wants to reassure the disciples, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm still with you. Don't worry. I'm not leaving you. I'm still by your side. Jesus, expanding upon this idea, says, and don't worry, guys, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. I found that really interesting. The world cannot accept him because he neither sees him or knows him. I think many of us live in this world where we neither see God or know God. But he says, but you know him. But for those of you who know him, guess what happens? He lives within you and will be in you forever. In this passage, Jesus is promising that that the Holy Spirit will come and he will be with us and he will make our hearts his home. In every room that you find yourself, every single room, in every place or space that you walk into this week, whether you are alone, whether you're with others, whether that space is somewhere that, that stands for everything that's against our faith in God. The Spirit of God will not leave you. He is with you. He wants to speak to you. This is the promise of Scripture, and we know this, but we so easily forget it. God wants to speak to us. I, I think of how he spoke through the prophets, and, and specifically through his prophet Jeremiah. Look what he says. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. God is inviting us. Just call to me. I'll answer you. And guess what? I will tell you things, unsearchable things that without me you could not know. We've also been invited to pray continually and constantly to have an open and ongoing conversation with the living God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually. We've been invited to just continually be talking with God, give thanks in all circumstances. Don't just pray in the, the, the moments of victory and joy and goodness, but also in the low moments as well. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What was God's will for us when he saved us? Just so that he could save us, give us a get out of jail free card, send us up to heaven for all of eternity. No. He died on a cross for you and for me and three days later rose from the grave. Why? Because he wanted relationship with you. He wanted to know you. He wanted to do life with you. This is what God's will for you, that you would rejoice and pray and be in relationship with God always, continually. So this is the invitation of the message for us this morning to become more aware of God's presence in our life, to be mindful of when he, is speak, when he speaks and when he has spoken to us, and to invite God into the everyday moments 
of our life. There's a a guy named Brother Lawrence. Some of you probably have read his work before. He said this, the most holy and important practice in the spiritual life is the presence of God. It's practicing the presence of God, noticing the presence of God. That is, in every moment, to take great pleasure that God is with you. Let me read it again. The most holy and important practice in our spiritual lives is the presence of God, that is in every moment to take great pleasure that God is with you. God is not just in the so-called spiritual things like set aside prayer times and Bible reading and musical worship and Sunday services and communion. God's presence is with us in every moment. He can be glorified in the smallest and most mundane acts of our life. Brother Lawrence goes on to talking about how, how even the process of making an omelet to him was a reminder of God's love for him. <laughs> but this is so hard for us, isn't it? Even as a pastor, in our stress-filled, noisy, busy, busy, busy lives, it's hard to recognize God's presence, to hear his voice, to find time to talk to him. And so there's a couple tools that I want to uh, share with us this morning that I think will help us to find God in the ordinary. The first is this. It's actually a book called Every Moment Holy. Uh, and uh, you can, uh, you can, we can put up this picture of the book on the, the screen here. You can buy this on Amazon for like 25 bucks, okay? Uh, and uh, here, so here, here's the deal. I got to tell you the side story. This is like confessions of your pastor uh, moment. So, you know, Sam, he's like really into this kind of stuff, right? Pastor Sam. So he actually gave all of the staff like the gift size version of Every Moment Holy. And so I get it at the retreat and I actually bring it with me to dinner. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to give this a look here, right? So I start looking through it. And there was prayers for everything, okay? And I literally mean everything, okay? Like it was like prayer for, or they call it liturgies, okay? Liturgies, okay? Liturgy for preparing a meal. Liturgy for preparing a gourmet meal, right? (laughs) Liturgy for preparing a meal for one. Like, it was this specific, okay? There was liturgies for beekeeping, okay? (laughs) I don't know if if you keep bees, all right? But there's a liturgy for it, apparently. There was a liturgy for changing diapers. (laughs) One and two, (laughs) Okay, there was, there was two prayers for changing diapers. There was a liturgy for washing windows, okay? <laughs> they had liturgies for all sorts of things. Liturgy for morning coffee, right? So I'm sitting at the dinner table, like, pretty much doing what I'm doing right now, and everyone's having a laugh, right? <laughs> and then I actually, like, started to read the prayers. And I was like, wow, these are actually, like, really, really good. And I started using them from time to time in different experiences. Like, oh, okay, I'm preparing a meal. Let's get every moment holy, right? Pull this out. And it, and it helped me to just see God in the ordinary. I haven't had to change a diaper in a long time. I'm going to have to change some diapers in the coming months. But, uh, but, but I'm going to pull out this every moment holy when I'm changing that diaper. Because I'll tell you right now, changing a diaper does not feel like a holy moment. <laughs> But I'm gonna. But we'll be doing it way too much. You know, 
Books like this, even though they seem just like silly or ridiculous, that we would invite God into these mundane, everyday things, they help us to open our eyes. There's even a liturgy for like when you're feeling road rage, okay? Can you imagine this? You're like, it, I'm not joking. It's like, you're like in the middle of like this frustrated moment. I find myself often frustrated while driving. I like to get where I'm going. I don't like slow people. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm rushing somewhere. I'm, I'm getting angry. I pull out every moment holy <laughs> while driving. <laughs> oh Lord, the rage that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> Akin to King David in Psalm 139, right? <laughs> But the power of this book is this, is that it teaches us who by just nature of being brought up in Canada in the year of our Lord, 2023, you know, have just sterilized and sanitized and removed God from our world. It helps to train our hearts and our minds and give us imagination to see that God could actually be involved in the ordinary, the everyday experiences of life. And so, friends, you can grab this book online. You might giggle a little bit, but once you use it, you'll find, man, this is profound. This is so, so profound. It's incredible. And so thank you, Sam, for giving me that book, okay? I apologize for laughing about it. What if your relationship with God was more than just a Sunday thing or in your devotions or at community group? What if it was active, an ongoing relationship where he could meet you in the highs and the lows and the day-to-day? This is what God is inviting us into. What if as you're driving to an appointment to meet someone, you could say, Lord, what do you want me to say to this person today? Is there any way I can encourage them? What if in a moment of, of sin, and error, and wrong, even as you, just after you've, you've done something wrong, what if you could just turn to God and say, God, I'm so sorry, forgive me? What if in everyday situations, like trying to find a parking spot for church <laughs> on a Sunday when the farmer's market's on, God, could you help me find a parking spot this morning? What if as your eyes well up with tears, as you watch a movie or a show, you inquire of God, why is this moving me this way? What if as you sit down for a meal, it's actually an opportunity for you to invite God into your day and express gratitude to him? What if as you put your kids or your grandkids or the kids you're babysitting down for bed, you could take this moment to pray with them? What if as you are about to send a text message or an email, you pray for that recipient and you ask God for a specific response or understanding or that it would bring about healing or deeper friendship or restoration or the ends that you're looking for? I think if we were to live this way, guys, I I think it could change everything. I think it would actually be like what it means to be a Christian, to live with God and to invite him into our every moment of every day. This guy named Trevor Hudson, he says this, this way of understanding God's relationship with the world has profoundly altered my understanding of Christ's following life. No longer is the holy to be encountered with only within particular places or special times or certain states of mind. 
His living presence pervades all things and every experience and waits only to be invoked. Wherever you may be standing, in the kitchen or the workplace, it is holy ground. I want you to think about that this week. I challenge you to try and do that this week. Invite God into the little things. Uh, I have another tool for you. Uh, It's called the prayer of examine. Prayer of examine. And the prayer of examine uh, was from a guy named uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola. He was actually a Spanish soldier turned priest. He was the founder of the Jesuits, a Catholic uh, religious order known for being contemplatives in action. He lived in the the 16th century, and after a serious injury in battle, Ignatius underwent a profound spiritual transformation. Uh, He was recovering in bed for nine months. Now, keep in mind, this is before phones and Wi-Fi and Netflix. He's just lying in bed. Some of you shudder at the thought. You're like, oh, that would be horrible, right? Some of you are like, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Lying in bed for nine months. (laughs) But during this time, he maximized this recovery time to work on his spiritual life. You know, Ignatius actually was someone who would have been characterized as far from God. Some described him as a playboy. You know, he, he was the, the most worldly of worldly, but he receives this injury and it causes him to just consider and seek God. And so during this time, he developed a series of spiritual exercises to help others deepen their relationship with God too. And one of these exercises was the prayer of examine. This prayer is a reflective exercise aimed at helping individuals review, uh, sorry, review and discern the presence of God in their daily lives. And it's usually done at the end of the day before bed. And so to this day, if you're you know, someone who's into Ignatian spirituality, uh, the, the cornerstone of their spirituality is this, finding God in all things. Finding God in all things is actually about noticing, noticing where God is present. And Ignatian began to realize it was easier to notice God in your past rather than in your present, because as you know, and as the saying goes, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think we'd all agree with that. And so he created this practice that, it, that would help us to become more adept at noticing God in our past so that we could become more in tune with how he was involved in our present. And so the prayer examine was designed to be a simple and yet profound way to reflect on one's day and to recognize God's presence in the ordinary moments. David Fleming, he wrote a book on Ignatian spirituality. He said this, he described it this way, a way of discerning God's presence, uh, sorry, a way of discerning the presence of God by reflecting on our daily experience. The examine is an indispensable tool to detect God's presence and discern his will. And so here's what happens. There's five movements to this prayer. Usually done at the end of the day. It could be done in bed. It could be done on your, in a comfortable place, on your couch or in your prayer spot, whatever that might look like. And the five movements are this. Recall, review, rejoice, repent, and reset. Recall, review, rejoice, repent, and reset. A brief word on each. You would start by recalling, by recognizing and remembering the presence of God in your life. 
you then move into a time of review. After you've acknowledged God's presence, you reflect on the events of your day, paying close attention to your emotions, to your actions, to your interactions with others, considering both the positive and the negative aspects. And as you review, certain things will come to mind, both things that you can rejoice about and things you can repent about. So you start with rejoice. You begin by expressing gratitude to God for the various blessings and experiences throughout your day, recognizing God in those little things, whether it was a good cup of coffee or a great conversation or whether it was just holding your child or whether it was uh, something that went well at work or uh, per perhaps, it, you know, it was a gift that you received or whatever it might be, just rejoicing and thanking God. Maybe you went on a walk and enjoyed him in creation, just saying, God, oh, thank you for that walk today. It was so amazing, the mountains, the, the frost, the snow. You rejoice and thank him. Then you move into a time of repentance, acknowledging any shortcomings, mistakes, or times where you've fallen short of God's glorious standard. And during that time, as you acknowledge those things, you just ask God for forgiveness and guidance for how you can walk more closely with him in the future. And then you move into this final movement of reset. Right before you close your eyes and say goodnight, you look forward to the next day. You look forward with a sense of hope. You look forward with a sense of commitment to living a more intentional and God-centered life. You ask God for grace to give you rest that night and to give you another day. You ask that God would help you to become more aware of his presence in every moment that next day. You ask him to give you light for what is ahead and for his will. And this has become a powerful practice for many people in their spirituality uh, as a way of looking back on their day and seeing God in every moment, as we look back and we begin to recognize him in every moment, I guess the hope is this, is that as we live, we begin to experience him and see him in our everyday lives. And so this has been a, a profound practice over the years, and I invite you to try it. I invite you at the end of this day to close your eyes, remember the presence of God. Then review, like a film in your mind's eye, your day. Okay, I woke up, had breakfast, I met this person, I went to church. Review where God is to give thanks to him for the things that are coming to mind that are blessings. To repent for the moments that you fell short. And then to reset. Say, God, give me rest this night. Help me wake up tomorrow more aware of who you are. Show me your will. Help me to walk more closely with you. Close your eyes and say goodnight. I'll tell you what, friends. I'm excited for this season of prayer as a church. I think we're all looking for something more than just Sunday spirituality. And we have been invited to experience God in the ordinary and to reflect at the end of each day, to see him at work. God wants to be involved in your life. You don't bore him. He cares for you, and he is far more at work in your life than you realize. You just need to open up your eyes to see it. 
He is inviting you. Would you invite him into your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and even Saturday? I believe, friends, that God can be experienced and found in the ordinary. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to come and receive communion together. And so let me pray and then I'll explain communion. Father, um, for some of us, even like sitting here in church right now is pretty ordinary. It's something we have done maybe week after week after week for most of our lives. And it's amazing to me, God, that sometimes a Sunday can pass us by and a service can pass us by and, and somehow we don't find you and experience you in that. God, I believe that you want to meet us in this moment. Holy Spirit, I believe that you want to speak to us this morning. You want to reveal more of yourself to us. God, you are inviting us into experiencing you in the mundane and the everyday. And so, Father, this week, as we invite you into the, the moments, moments of driving, moments of walking and talking, the moments of caring for our kids or for our parents, moments of drinking coffee, and maybe changing diapers or washing windows. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd be welcome into those spaces, that you would move, that you would show yourself that you are a God that is much bigger than our services and our songs, but a God who can meet us our mornings and middays and evenings. We invite you, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca slash rail city to find out more information about getting involved in the life and mission of the Rail City campus of CA Church.